You're about to hear a conversation between two old friends about the greatest game of all. Baseball isn't just a game, Tom Tatum said. It is life being played out on a field, a field of dreams, on diamonds of green, where players pursuing their dreams try to be the best they can be on the grandest stage of all, where men become boys and boys become men, all speaking one universal language without uttering a single word. Donnie Mills is my guest. You will discover that Donnie and I are baseball fans, Atlanta Braves fans to be exact. This game not only has entertained us for many years, but it has been the glue that kept a three-decade-old friendship going strong. For the past 30 years, we have called each other during games and in later years texted each other all throughout the games. Did you see how far he hit that ball? Time to get busy if we're going to pull this off. That was a great play. Our almost nightly conversations have strayed from baseball. We pretty much cover life in general. Baseball is a long season of ups and downs, 162 games to be exact. There are highs and lows that drive us baseball fans crazy in the moment. But when we look back, it's not the highs and lows we remember much. It's just the beauty of the game, just like life. Baseball has a way of bringing people together, as does other sports. When cheering for your team, there's no division in the crowd based on politics, religion, race, or ethnicity. Everyone is on the same page, pulling in the same direction. Lord knows we could use a little of that these days. Roger Hornsby said, people ask me what I do in the winter when there's no baseball. I'll tell you what I do. I stare out the window and wait for spring. It's baseball, and it brings us all together. Viewing life from a hearse, it could be worse. Laugh, think, and cry with the country undertaker. This is Bruce Goddard, and this is the View from a Hearse podcast. Thank you for joining me again today. I've got with me my longtime friend and buddy, Donnie Mills. If I had recorded every conversation we've had in our lives, we would be here for a while, wouldn't we, Donnie? I mean, we have talked, we talk all the time. He's one of those guys, and we're going to talk about it, of how we met and all that. But for years, have talked during Braves games. We started by talking, and then we started texting each other. But we're in constant communication when the Braves are playing, and a lot of times after that. But we've been friends for over 30 years, Donnie, I think. And why don't we just talk about how we met and how all this started first. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Sure, sure. Yeah, we we met out at Benevolence Church where Mac, your brother, was preaching. I was invited to come out there, and I took one visit, and my life changed and for the better. And that was some crazy people out there. Me being the chief one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you and Matt. And wow, I tell you what, it's been a blessing just uh, being in your life and and others out there. That to this day, we're still, you know, involved in each other's lives. Yeah, that was a unique place. We had a little country church way out in the middle of nowhere. People from all walks of life came from three or four different towns and three different counties. We had a crowd out there. You would, you had the from the president of the bank to the person that had little or nothing, and everybody got along. It was a unique time, and you were a big part of that for me. But we had some funny things happen even out there. But some point in that, we started playing softball. I remember that. But you, you're a softball player. You, you're a ball player from way back. Just talk about that a little bit, Donnie. Well, I, I played more ball than I should have. I was telling someone the other day, I said, you know, my dad tried to teach me how to do things around the house, and I picked up a few things. But now I regret playing ball and not listening to him more because I was playing ball in three different teams at one time, and I mean, that's all I did was eat, sleep, and play ball. 
and I enjoyed it. I loved it. Absolutely. We ended up having a blast with that benevolence softball team, and we were actually very good. We were hard to beat. I don't think I think we went undefeated, didn't we? Well, we had strong pitching. Yeah, right. Because of me, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. It's hilarious. Yeah, I was a pitcher. And that was fun, but Donnie could cover the outfield. We had several people out there that could catch the ball. Donnie was fast. He could run. He can't do that anymore. He was a baller, that is for sure. So that was some fun times. We had a great, We had guys and gals on that team too, right? That's right. That's right. And I think everybody we were playing was just guys. I think we were the only team that had female. I know we had Judy on there. I don't know if we had another female or not, but she was good. She was good, and she. Uh, we were afraid she was going to take our position yeah, <laughs> she was very good. She's an athlete even today. So, Donnie, I th- I think what happened is as we began to hang around each other more and more, and then when when 1991 came, and I think that was the worst to first team for the Braves, and maybe it was 92 when we started. I know we were connected in 91. Do you have any idea what year you came out to Benevolence? It had to be right in there, right? Yeah, I'm thinking back. It had to be probably so, yeah. Yeah, so we went from that worst to first team, and I remember we always, Kathy and I always had a crowd at our house. I mean, you you remember, we always, there was people at our house every weekend, sometimes 10 or 12, sometimes 40. We used to have these home group meetings at home, and I'll never forget Kathy called me one time, and doesn't matter who the person is, but I'll just make up the name. She called me. I was at the funeral home in Roberta. It was her birthday, and everybody had come to the home group meeting and brought food and stuff and birthday cake, and I couldn't be there because I was working a visitation in Roberta at the funeral home, and she called me about 9.30 and said, you got to come home. She said, uh, Kevin is standing in the sink in the bathroom. And I said, What? <laughs> So my gosh, and I knew there had to be 25 or 30 people there. So I'm 15 miles away. I rushed home, and she got it mixed up. It was his son that was standing in the sink. That was bad enough, but I was picturing the grown man standing in our sink in our bathroom, and I thought things had got, gotten out of hand pretty bad over there at the home group meeting or the birthday party or whatever it was. But we used to hang over there, and you would come. Sometimes you'd spend the night, but we, we started watching the Braves together. That's for sure, right? That's true. That's true. I remember watching the game later when the Braves were on the Superstation, and uh, we'd be watch- I'd be watching the game. I was single at the time, and my phone would ring, and I I knew who it was because something had just happened on the Braves broadcast, and I'd pick it up, and you just go to talking. You didn't even say this is Bruce. He did nothing like that. You man, did you see that? <laughs> and we do that today. So the first thing, that was a landline phone. There were no cell phones back then. So we were calling from my phone to yours that was plugged in. So everybody's got to understand there was no text or anything like that. But my mama used to do that to me. I would I would be in the bed asleep, and mama would call me and wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, braze on the West Coast, and she would I would answer the phone, did you see that? I said, Mama, I'm sleeping <laughs> in the bed. I didn't see that. So how did you get to be a, a baseball fan to start with, Donnie? How did, how did that come about? That started with my grandfather down near Albany, Georgia. I thought he, he was the next thing to God in my eyes. He had a boat, and he would take me fishing. And in the early days, you couldn't see the Braves on TV like we do today. Listen to them. You listen to them, exactly. We had a transistor radio, and we would take that in the boat and listen to the Braves. And listening to the game versus watching it, I think you learn to pay attention to a lot of detail to the game, the count, the balls and strikes and the outs. Every Everything makes for the game. And that's, I think that's why I love it so much. Because a lot of people will say, you know, baseball is just too boring. And I say, man, I think to myself, you're just missing it. Yeah. Because there's so much involved. When it looks like nothing's going on, there's a lot going on. It is. When I was a kid, 
I started playing Little League Baseball. We had this league formed in Reynolds, and that was the main sport. I mean, I played basketball, and I got pretty good at that later, but I was baseball was what we played. And we had the game of the week on TV, and uh, Dizzy, Dean, uh, uh, yeah, Dizzy Dean and Pee Wee Reese would call them. Yankees were on about every week. I was a big Yankees fan, but I was – these guys, Mickey Mantle and Maris and – all these people, Bill Skyron, they were heroes to me. And mm-hmm. I I have loved baseball. And it's interesting, you said it exactly the way it is. A lot of people think baseball is the most boring game in the world. But, but it is so much going on in a baseball game. There's so much strategy. There's so much thinking. It's the best game to watch there is to me, for sure. Yeah, you know, Bruce, you're talking about the game of the week. That was the name of the the broadcast, but it literally was the game of the week. It was the only game of the week yeah. that was on TV. That's right. And it was the Dodgers, Yankees, and Cardinals. Uh, hardly ever did you see the Braves. So, you know, we, we did. We listened to them on the radio. And then when the Superstation came along, man, that changed everything for us. Yeah. They were popular all over the country. The people watching the Braves, they had fans everywhere. Yeah. I I remember at my first house, I had a guy come out and put on the top of my house now uh, like a 60-foot pole with this huge, guy, gigantic antenna <laughs> so I could get the Braves games from Atlanta. I had to get up high enough to pick up the signal with that big old antenna. The antenna was about as big as the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people don't realize that. You remember the first game you went to, in it, first professional game? I don't remember this specifically, but I remember going to Fulton County Stadium many, many times. And uh, You I, and I went a few times ourselves now. Do you know that, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. But I remember getting off from work at Bluebird at 5.30 in the afternoon and racing to Atlanta. No ticket, pull up in the parking lot, walk up to the stadium, and buying the best seat available. Right. And, and one night I sat right behind the plate, and this was in the first tenure of Bobby Cox, I remember him walking over. He, he looked like he was coming to talk to me. And I thought, what in the world is Bobby doing coming over here? And he walked over to the fence behind the plate, and his wife was sitting behind me. And he had a conversation with her about what car she drove to the game. It was just a crazy different time. Bobby Cox was a longtime manager of the Braves, and he – he was incredible. He's, he's still alive. He had a stroke, but he brought the brace to prominence, that is for sure, in the 90s. Yes. He changed everything. So I remember in, in 1966, I'm a little bit older than you, but I remember going in 66 when the Braves moved to Atlanta from Milwaukee and just being so blown away sitting there seeing these people that I'd, I've been collecting baseball cards my whole life. And then I went to – you know, I was there when Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record. I was at the game. I was in college, and I was out in the outfield. That was a moment I'll never forget. That was another moment that we'll talk about in a little bit that you and I were there together that we'll never forget. It was one of the best moments in Braves history. We were sitting in the, in the stadium. But I remember just being so awed by being in front of those people that I had been collecting these cards. I knew what all of them looked like. Yep. I knew most of them was batting average. And to be in that stadium was absolutely incredible. Then fast forward, 1991, when we went from worst to first, we got in a series against the Twins, and we got beat, went seven games. But I was at that World Series in Atlanta. And, and I, when I was growing up, our teachers would bring a TV into the classroom in the afternoon and we would watch the world series at school it was that big of a deal i mean it was that's what we did i mean they they would bring in a tv and we would do our work in the morning and in the afternoon we watched the ball game till we would the bell rang and we would dismiss so it was a, not a good picture it was like most of the time black and white and it 
you had to look to see it. But so I remember in 1991, I had these tickets that I went in with several families and got them season tickets. So I divide them, you know, four or five ways. But I remember sitting there and being at a World Series, and Kathy, my wife, was with me. She didn't appreciate the moment, and I was about to cry, thinking I'm sitting and I all of a sudden these guys. I looked up and Lou Brock, who was famous base stealer from St. Louis Cardinals, he'd retired, but he walked down right next to me, and I mean, that was unbelievable moment. You have to be a baseball fan to to understand this stuff. But baseball is like an amazing a movie game. Star. Yeah, yeah. I also remember, Donnie, that Luke, my youngest son, and I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame to see Cox and Maddox and Glavin get inducted. And I'm, and there were a lot of others, but I'm going to tell you, that was a moment I, I'll never forget. So I'm a baseball fan for sure. You're a baseball fan. Luke told me he went to Cooperstown that day as a Braves fan. He came back as a baseball fan, and I think that's really what happened. You know, interesting, now since, since I've retired, Donnie, I've got Kathy has become a Braves fan. Sometimes she'd go in the bedroom to bed before I come in. I'm watching the game in the den, and I hear her holler because that TV may be a little ahead of mine because we stream these things. <laughs> and she's she's screaming at the TV watching the Braves. So she became a Braves fan by default, I think, because she didn't have a choice living in my house. Kind of like kind of like Sean, right? That's right. That's right. Who is your favorite baseball player of all time? Who, who do you think is the best baseball player that ever played? That's the Braves or anybody, whoever you want. Just to who, who do you think is the, the best player that ever lived? I tell you, the guy that comes to mind is Pete Rose. Yeah, you know, I, I I admired. They used to call him what was it, uh, Mister Hustle or something? Yeah, Charlie Hustle. And Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle. Yes, they said he'd run over his mother <laughs> to get the home plate, and I believe he would have. Yeah, when he walked, and I mean, when I say walked, when he had a base on balls, he ran as hard as he could to first base. He never walked to first base or trotted. He ran. He didn't take any time off during the game. Right. He was a ball player. He actually played in Macon, Georgia, for the Macon Peaches. Right. That was a long time ago, but he he has stories of – I actually got to meet him in Cooperstown when I was there. He's not in the Hall of Fame and probably will never be, although he's got the the numbers by by far to be in it. But because of whatever he does and says, uh, betting on baseball or whatever, I told him we were near Macon – from near Macon, and he started telling us a story about Macon when I just pulled up at the table to get his autograph. So he, he's got memories of being in Macon. That's crazy. It's hard to compare the best baseball players that ever lived because they were playing at different times. I think it's got to be harder now to hit in 2022 than it was in 1937. I mean, I think – better athletes the ball's going much faster there's much more movement on the ball it's hard to compare just looking we, at stats we noticed a change in the last what 10 years i mean 95 miles an hour now is uh common yeah and and that was you hardly ever saw that you certainly didn't see 100 now we see them throw it 102 104 dance be hit a 101 mile an hour up high fastball over the center field fence the other night. I mean, that's incredible what they're doing. It incredible. is incredible. It really is. So I, I think I would I would have to say Hank Aaron is mine simply because he was with Atlanta, and uh, but again he played in a different time. But he's got, you know, he averaged like 115 RBIs. He he had averaged 37 home runs. He played 23 years. Think about that. 23 years, Chipper, for instance, played 18 or 19 years. And yep. I mean, pe- people back then played a lot more. Freddie Freeman has played 13 so far. But you think about 23 years averaging that kind of numbers, no matter who they were playing against. He was a heck of a ball player. He could throw it. He could run. He could I play agree. defense. He was, he was right up in there, that is for sure. So – one of the things about baseball and watching baseball, and we both have determined it ain't boring to us for sure, but a 162-game season is a long season, and there's a lot of ups and downs in a season, right? So we're, we're recording this right today where the Braves have had a heck of a year. They're three games out of first place as of this morning. 
And when this airs, it'll be different, maybe. And we've lost three straight games. And when you look at that, you really have trouble going to sleep when you get to bed, when you lose a game like we lost last night to the Rockies that we should have beat. We had a lot of opportunities to do it. But we also know this is a long season and it's up and downs. There's a lot of disappointments in a season. There's a lot of excitement in a season, right? That's what makes it so that's, amazing. Don't you agree? That's exactly right. That's what makes it baseball. I, I remember Kathy saying, and you can – this team is no good. We just beat them 13 to nothing. I said, Kathy, they may beat us 13 to nothing tomorrow night. And that's what makes baseball so fun, right? That's what's so crazy about it, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't ever give up hope either. I mean, and, and at the beginning of the year, when everybody starts off fresh and new, everybody thinks their team's got a chance to win the World Series. I mean, deep in their hearts, they know it's different, but it's, uh, man. That's something we look forward to in the spring of the year. And I, I, I know I'm crazy for sitting there for majority of those games. Yeah. Win or lose. Yeah, me too. And the, <clears throat> the, the good thing about baseball, you can do something else while you're watching it. You, you can, you know, you can keep your eye on it and know what's going on because there's time between, between yeah, you, pitches, right? You can eat. Yeah, you can eat and drink coffee or – your cocoa, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty much right there. <laughs> I don't want anybody on my peripheral to be bothering me during the game, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I enjoy thinking about what's going on. Yeah. So let me go back to what we are just saying. So not only is the season up and downs and highs and lows, but there's also highs and lows watching our team all these years. I mean, we've had some major disappointments. We've had some major exciting times. But as you, time goes on, you tend to forget both of that stuff. It's more about the game, right? I mean, you think about we, we went to the World Series. We, we, we lost in seven games the, the first time we went there to the Twins. In, in 1993, two years later, we won 106 games. And we lost in the National League Championship Series to the Phillies 4-2. to two. I mean, that was terrible. When you watch this stuff all year and you win 106 games, we had another year in 1998 we won 106 games and we lost to San Diego in the World Series. So we, we've had several of these disappointments that rip your heart out, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. When your season comes down to one pitch and one out, you know, and it could go either way. It, it's amazing the emotion that you go through, uh, good or bad, just like last year. It's just unbelievable. It is, but when you that's what draws you to it. If you knew you were going to win and knew you were going to lose, you wouldn't be watching it. And so that, that all, the disappointments and the victories in 95 when we won the World Series, you and I were two excited boys, I can tell you that. And, and we were wow. just as excited – Last year, when we won it again, we, we have, in, in 31 years that you and I have been watching the Braves together, I counted up. We've had six losing seasons. So we've had a good product to look at. 25 of the 31 years, we've had winning seasons. So that's been fun. It's been fun to watch. I don't know what it was prior to that, uh, but Atlanta was not good. And yet, I was attracted to the product the game and the fact that we had a team in Atlanta and that represented the entire Southeast at the time. And I guess it still does outside of the two teams in Florida now, but yeah, I mean, we'd listen to the Braves knowing it was a nine out of 10 chance. They was going to lose. Yep. <laughs> and those guys were still heroes to us. I, I remember going to Atlanta yes. from Athens and there'd be less than a thousand people. You could literally sit in the stands and call the player's name at the bat, and he'd turn around and look at you. I mean, it was that quiet in there. I mean, I'm serious. It was uh, it was crazy. Uh, you and I have had a heck of a lot of experiences with baseball and going to Atlanta and watching games. Have you got any of those things that stick out at you of times we've had, even going oh, to Atlanta goodness. or whatever? For sure, for sure. You know, especially the night we were up there, which stands out in my mind, first of all, was – the night Sid slid. That that was a heck of a day, just going up there. Uh, 
I think you had just become the county coroner. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard about all the way from Reynolds or to Atlanta. I was into politics then, right? <laughs> yeah. Bruce told me a hundred times, that, you know, I'm a public official now. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, right. <laughs> but you were. Yeah. But you were. No, I was going to say, so that night, Sid, why don't you tell that story? Because I remember Dr. Watley, who many of you that's listening to this have heard me talk about many times, our next-door neighbor, a lot of my – he's talked about in my books. He's, I've talked about him just about every speech I've ever given. And his wife is Rosemary, Dr. Watley's son, and I married sisters. They were my dad's best friends, but – he would get, he was getting you know kind of retirement age. Yeah, that was uh, that game. Doctor Watley and his wife Rosemary rode to Atlanta with us. They had tickets to the game, but they weren't with us. We were sitting in one section and they were in another. But we got to the game, and if I'm not mistaken, that was their first game or Miss Rosemary's first game? Not not, not in their lives, but it was probably the only game they went to that year. But they were big okay. baseball fans. They, listen, Dr. Watley was working. He was out doctoring on people. But when he was home, and Miss Rosemary always was watching that game. She, she, she didn't miss a game. She, she was a, a baseball fan when I was a little kid. I remember her being Cardinals fans. When they won the World Series, she'd tear up when they interviewed the young guys. She was a big Braves fan. But anyway, go ahead. That was a fun night. Yeah, that that evening, oh, even on the trip up there, was full of excitement because uh, it was a big game. And we got up there and got in the stadium. And as it was, we decided, well, we'd better go to the restroom before we go find our seats. So Bruce and I went in the men's restroom and, I think Dr. Wally too. I don't know. He was out there getting drinks or something. And we were standing there doing our business and we kept hearing Miss Rosemary and she kept getting louder and louder. And back then at the Fulton County, you could enter the restroom from two ends, from one end to the other. And, and, and that was a big Ms. trough to, for men to use the bathroom, one big single trough, right? That's right. And Miss Rosemary, I could hear her. She was getting louder and louder. And as it was, she came in the opposite door that Bruce and I went in. And apparently she thought that was a women's restroom. But when she, she came all the way in the men's restroom, and Bruce turned and looked towards her. <laughs> and I think she saw your business. <laughs> and so, you know, she turned around and went back out. I think it embarrassed her. I don't think... Embarrassed you too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> we had us time. So that game, by the way, if you remember, it was no scoring. And we had seen some people that I knew from Taylor County up there at the game. And nobody scored about the seventh inning. They started leaving. They left the game. You remember that? And it was like yes. nothing to nothing or whatever. And it was just a pitching duel. It may have been one to one or whatever it was. And we could not believe they left the game. And this was the final game of the National League Championship Series. And it was biggest game forever. And they left. You remember that? I, I do remember that. And I also remember the seats that you and I had. We were in dead center field. We never sat in the outfield, but that game we were sitting dead center field. Because somebody had the tickets that – my season tickets that we sat down almost on the front row with these other guys. It was somebody right. else's turn, so I had to go find some tickets. That's what happened. Just yeah. Get what we could. Right. Um, but I remember being able to see the, the ball when it was pitched. Just It was just like you were watching it on TV now. It, you know, you yeah. watch it going into the – over the plate. And we had great seats, and I even had a, I think it was a black and white TV I had drug up there, and it was sitting down between us. So we were watching the game, and we were seeing it on the TV. Um, that was a crazy, crazy night. Yeah. So what happened for you non-baseball fans? If you're a non-baseball fan, you're probably not listening to this by now, so you the, only the baseball fans are probably listening at this point. But – Sid Bream was a first baseman, 
I actually played golf with him one time in a in a tournament, and I didn't play in the foursome with him, but I met him, and he he was him and Smokes were sponsoring something at Callaway Gardens. But he was slow. He was a great defensive first baseman. He could hit too, but he couldn't run. And uh, what was the guy's name to hit the ball? Cabrera? Is that what his name was? Francisco Cabrera. Yeah, yep. and he hit a single, and it is one of the greatest sporting events that we've ever been to, and and Skip Carey's call still rings in my ear. So I'm going to play it right now for you folks, and you can hear this call, and you can hear the excitement, and then Donnie and I will talk about how excited we were. A lot of room in right center. If he hits one there, we can dance in the streets. The 2-1. Swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Bream. Here's the throw to the plate. He is safe. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. When Sid came around, he he was slow, like you said. I, I believe our friend David Williams could outrun him, and um, but he came around third and went in home. The ball came in and he slid up under it. They called him safe. There's a lot of debate to this day whether he was safe or out, but they called him safe. Yeah, he was safe, and <laughs> I'm a Braves fan. But what happened in the stands? We were going nuts. And I remember oh. I remember turning around and kissing. Yes. You remember that? I kissed a strange woman right slap in the mouth. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you told me. You said, you kiss any woman in this stadium right now, and it'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we almost never – found Dr. Watley and Rosemary after that. I remember it took forever, and that place was going nuts. We stood, we must have stood that screen for 45 minutes before we left our seats, right? You remember the stadium shaking? Yeah. Physically shaking? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was unreal. Yeah. Unreal. And as high as we were, you know, on the other side of that, the, the Pittsburgh fans had to be just as, oh, man, oh, my, a dagger to your heart. Oh, can you imagine? That was unbelievable. I don't and have to imagine. None of I've us. I, I remember Miss Rosemary having no voice. Doctor Watley, we were all hoarse. They had been screaming just as loud as we did. How they found us or how we found them, I don't even remember. But we did, and I don't know what time we got home. But it was about three o'clock in the morning. It was late, and it didn't matter. I remember Donnie one time just made me think about it, carrying my ninety-year-old cousin. She wanted to go to a Braves game, and I had a little Toyota, and. I got in the car, and we went to the Braves game, and getting her down to where we sat was a job. Getting her back out, I needed a wheelbarrow to get her out of there. I mean, she was kind of big <laughs> for 90 years old. And we got the game went in extra innings. It was about midnight, and we got in the car. She said, I'd like to ride by the airport. I've never seen the, the all the new – what they've done to the airport. I said, do you want to go now? I said, yeah. So I took her to the airport. We got home about 4 o'clock in the morning, and she said – I, she, was, she was an old maid, never been married. She said, I have never been out this late with a man in my life. <laughs> well, we've been to the Braves game. She had a ball. So there was a, th these great Braves teams in the 90s, there was a common thread, and there were three guys, and they were pitchers, pitchers that carried the Braves. And then Chipper came along, and he was a big piece of it. But we had three of the most unbelievable pitchers. If you don't think pitching can win championships – Go look at the Braves record in the 90s, right? That's right. Absolutely. Maddox, Glavin, and Smoke. Yeah. All three won Cy Young Awards. Maddox pitched one time a complete game on only 77 pitches. These guys were absolutely incredible. They'd keep you in any ball game. And they would go a lot deeper than they go now. They'd go five or six innings, and they'd take them out. These guys would pitch to the end. A lot of complete games, or certainly a lot of games into the eighth and ninth inning before they'd come out. It was a different world. They were they were definitely carrying us, right? Yes. Do you have a favorite out of those three? Yeah, I think it, mine would, I, mine would have to be Maddox. I mean, just because, mine too. Yeah, he was just the way he he was a he was a uh, craftsman. I mean, he didn't throw it hard. He threw it to spots. He, he he knew where they were going to hit the ball when he threw it. He just had control, and the ball moved, and they couldn't hit him. He certainly didn't overpower people, right? 
I love that smirk he always had on his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy because he would he was not like the power pitchers of today, but he well, like you said, he had control and he knew their weak spots uh to throw to and he throw to a certain spot to get a get uh the ball to a certain infield. Right. Certain side of the infield and he would he would point to him ahead of time and said the ball's coming to you you know they, they'd be ready so let, let me put a comma right there because i meant to do this a while ago so you you and i've had a lot of experiences i you probably listened to my ibs podcast on here do you remember being with me anytime when i got in an ibs situation you had to if we were hanging around together oh yeah several times i remember sitting in the car waiting on you to come out take you into a grocery store to, in Perry, Georgia to go. Were you with me? To, I don't think you were with me the night that I had to sit behind the counter at the at the convenience store. There wasn't any paper in there and all that, and I had to get a customer to hand me some paper. You, I don't think you were there that day. But you, you uh, were in the Crystal. One time we went in the Crystal after a ball game. You used to tell that story. Yeah. You were laughing. I went in there and pulled my pants real high or something. I don't forget. I was – Carried on food. It's like midnight, right? Coming from a Braves that was, game. That was uh, the game we went to right after you'd become the coroner. <laughs> and you've been on this. I'm a public official now. Bruce was wearing his shorts. Of course, it was summer. We going to the Braves game. We went to the game. And you had David or John. I can't remember which one it was. One of your sons with us and his little friend. And we stopped at the Crystal just south of Atlanta on the way back home that night. And it was a crowd of folks in there. And we were standing at the counter, and you had pulled your shorts up. The waistband was up near your chest. And them things was eating you up. And you hollered at David or John, whichever one it was, and said, y'all behave yourselves over there, boys. Y'all going to embarrass me. I said, I'm a public official now. <laughs> I about wet my pants standing right there at the counter. Everybody, everybody looked that way too, didn't they? <laughs> they thought, "What an idiot!" <laughs> well, we had a story one time, Donnie, when we were at something at the church and the playoffs was going on. They scheduled something over oh, there. Yeah. What was that story? I forgot. We we had a conference, and obviously, we didn't have anything to do with planning the timing of this. <laughs> Because it couldn't have been at a worse time. But we were dedicated to the church and what was going on there. So Bruce and I were there. <clears throat> and it just so happened that the Braves, I can't believe this, that I was even there, but they were in the playoffs. And it was about the same time that the conference started that the Braves game started. And they started playing music in there at the conference and we was both fidgety. We were ready to get up and go, just wondering about the Braves and, you know, just hating the fact that we were missing it. And Bruce looked at me, and this, this big woman was up there on the stage playing the piano. And Bruce says, if she gets up and sings, we're out of here. <laughs> we're going to go watch the game, right? We're going to leave and go watch the game. In other words, it's over. <laughs> oh, man. So – We've had a lot of laughs in our life, and that is a fact. I mean, we have laughed out yeah. loud. I can't even think. I, I've inter been entertained by the fact that, you know, back when you would call me or I'd call you, and if the game was on, I didn't even have to wonder who it was and just start talking about the game and what had what had happened. And then, and then over the years, that turned into text. So we started texting each other, and, and we do that to this right. day. Now, that was one thing that I remember, and this was in 1994 and 1995, and I, I'll go back to a little bit of history of this too, but that's when the, the strike happened, and I got really irritated with baseball. I quit watching baseball, and it took me several years to start really getting back. I would I'd ease back into it. But I got very irritated with this whole deal. I don't know if I was mad with the owners or the players. It didn't matter. But they were all rich, and we were the fans that were suffering. And I, I know I've got friends right now that used to be great baseball fans that never look 
at baseball. They never watch a game because of that strike. They never got over it. And it, it irritated me. You got over it quicker than I did. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. But I went for a while. Well, I quit watching it. And then only every now and then. So it's only really in recent years that I've started really watching every game again, especially since I retired at the end of last year when we won the World Series. You and Sean came over the house. We watched one of the games on the back porch in Warner Robins. So let's talk about last year, how in the heck we did that. We were like 500, and this team just caught on fire. And, and they brought in these extra players. Acuna got hurt. It was just a storybook for all the disappointments we've had since 1995 and the, before that when we last won the World Series. Uh, that was pretty sweet last year, wasn't it? It was. It was, and we, we there were a lot of hurdles that the Braves had to get over, like you say, and Acuna got hurt. And I remember during the playoffs, uh, in the World Series, I believe, when uh, Morton broke his leg. Yep, pitched with it, broken leg, to, yeah. It, yeah, he pitched with it and eventually had to come out of the game and ended his season. And there was thoughts then, I said, man, we already kind of, short on pitching, but yeah, they put it together and you hear people talking about getting hot at the right time. Alex Anthopoulos hit the right buttons with the uh, acquisitions that he made uh, at the trade deadline for sure. And it was, I remember thinking, <clears throat> yeah, I know those guys, but none of those people that he brought in were big you know, make a difference type of acquisitions. But as a group, man, it was unbelievable. Because like you said, we were 500 team for the majority of the season. And, you know, the big picture for us is we've been through such a long history with them. And we've, mm -hmm. we've, we've been such fans of baseball and the Braves. Through all that, we only – experienced one World Series victory. And although we were in it a bunch of times, or should have been in it a bunch of more times than that, and to finally win it when we were least expecting it was pretty cool stuff. Out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. The Atlanta Braves have won the 2021 World Series in six games over the Houston Astros. Pure euphoria down on the field as they're bouncing all over the infield. And in the booth. Donnie, you remember when Solaire hit the balls over the railroad track out there and into the parking lot of the hotel? Bruce, that home run to me, out of all the years of watching baseball, meant it was it was up there with the home run that Aaron hit, you know, to go ahead of Babe Ruth. That was significant. It really was. But but when Solaire hit that home run in Houston, it didn't just go into the stand. It went out of the stadium. And the Braves lead 3-0 here in the third. Too many breaking balls, Joe. He was timing them up. And he got one that not even the train tracks could hold. Jorge Soler. And, and I knew when he swung the bat. I mean, it was just like all of that disappointment that we had suffered throughout the years was released right then. And it was almost like we all of a sudden, the light turned on. We're about to win this yes. thing. We're about to be yeah, world champions. Yeah, it became champion. reality. Yeah. It became reality that, yeah, this thing's done swung. The pendulum has swung towards Atlanta. When he pumped his chest, when he pumped his chest. You knew it was gone. I knew. I knew right then. The, the, not only was it gone, but we just won the World Series. Since we've been watching this together, we, we've had some great managers. What's your thoughts on – well, we had Freddie Gonzalez during that time. So we went from Cox to Freddie Gonzalez to Snicker. What's your thoughts on the Braves managers? Rank them. Oh, wow. 
Cox has got to be right there. I mean, you know, and the Snickers story is also a good one. I mean, he's been in the minors all these years, and he's coming up. And just like the players are crazy about him, he he's an easy guy to Snicker. love too, isn't he? Yeah, Snicker. He he paid his dues. He you know he managed in all the minor league towns, and you know most guys probably would have retired, but you know. He hung in there, and I was afraid that when they were trying to decide who to hire as the manager, that he was going to get overlooked. Because uh, there was some, I think uh, Pendleton was one right. that was being considered at the time. And uh, when they hired Snit, of course, I didn't know Snicker like I do now, but I knew what his history was with the Braves, and I said to myself, he certainly deserves the opportunity. I just hope they give it to him, and, and, and they did, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. So, talking about that, what about the announcers? You and I have a lot of conversations about mm-hmm. you had Chip, you had old Ernie Sr., you had Pete Van Weeren, whatever his name was, Sutton. Now you got Chip, you got Jeff Rancourt. Who, who who's your favorite announcer, and who drives you the craziest? I love Skip. Yeah, because he he got away with things that nobody else could. Yeah, he would say but, if uh, if we were getting beat bad, he would say, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is a good time to go walk your dog if you want to. This one's gonna be over." <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I also remember him talking about uh, the fifth inning. He said, "Well, we're at the bottom of another fifth." <laughs> Yeah, he have all kind of funny stuff. But some of his calls were outstanding. The Magnificent Seven are warming up in the bullpen and will be with you as soon as Leonard hits into a 6-4-3. Six, six, four, three. There's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the wall. Braves lead. Braves lead. Braves lead. I got to borrow it from you, Dad. One final question, then I want to make a final comment or two. Both of us can. But what's going to happen this year? What's your prediction for the 2022 Braves? Man, you know, it's hard to say. I, 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 I know they've got a chance, and it's hard to repeat as world champions, but they certainly uh, are in the mix. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe they got, they got a legitimate shot at it. Yeah. And Bruce, I wanted to say one other thing about Skip Carey. You remember what he used to say on a pop-up? He would say, you know, he'd say, that wouldn't be a home run in a telephone booth. <laughs> he had all kinds of sayings, didn't he? He was great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to tell. You can't predict. We've been disappointed. Baseball, we're coming off a bad stretch right now. We've lost three in a row, which hadn't happened to hardly any this year. But we got some people that are not hitting very well, that's been hitting great, that they can get turned on. We can go run 14 in a row off. And we've seen us do that. So you don't know what's going to happen, but that'll be fun watching it. That is for sure. But, boy, I, I like the future of the Braves, too, for people they've signed, right? They're going – they're tying yeah. these people up, right? Oh, yeah. I, I've never seen them do this before. I mean, it's just of recent they would sign – a player to a one-year contract. Right. But got some young guys that's come up that's proven themselves, and they're tying them up. And I think we've got a lot of good baseball a lot of years ahead of us. It's also a risk because some of these guys may yeah. not pan out, and then they've committed all this money, and you can't get rid of them. You know, that it's a risk. I, it's, nothing, it's nothing solid about any of it. I think it's solid, but it's nothing sure about any of it for sure. So, Donnie, right. I, I think through all that, you, you have been a great friend to me, man. We, we, we've been through – it ain't all been funny. We've been through serious stuff. I, I know we've had some serious conversations with tough things were going on. You've been a great friend, and when it's all said and done, that's what baseball does is is bring friends together, and it, and it spills over into all parts of our relationship and our friendship. And I think when we – 
if we live long enough to rock on our on our rocking chair in the nursing home and look back, it'll be the friendship that we've had for a long time that will mean the most. Absolutely. Relationships. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, no doubt about it. One thing I just want to, I'm just sitting here having this conversation with you and thinking back um, and remembering going to games at Fulton County where Aaron hit his home run and seeing Ted Turner, the owner of the Braves, coming down through the stands in flip-flops, talking to fans and, you know, just being a part of it, not sitting up in his booth, but coming down and sitting in the stands with the fans. To where we're at today, I mean, it's incredible how things have changed. And Louis Grizzard said one time that uh, – he heard somebody that went by the Brave Stadium and said the parking lot was full. And he said, what in the world's going on? Somebody said, well, there was a tractor pull. <laughs> <laughs> that has changed, it, hasn't it? It has changed. Yeah. It has changed now. I mean, it's hard to get a ticket now. Yeah. So. The, the other thing that baseball and other sports do that people miss, we live in a divided country. And it's divided yeah. in politics, it's divided in, by religion, it's divided by your race, your gender. I mean, it is, I've never in my life seen such a divided country. When you're sitting in the stands, everybody's pulling for the same thing. Everybody's cheering the same team. People that with different beliefs are high-fiving each other. It is probably sports in general, whether it's baseball, football, or whatever you're watching, is probably one of the best things going on in our world right now. And it's always been that way, but it's never been as important as it is now. Uh, It doesn't matter the color of your skin or where you're from. If you're a Braves fan, you're in it together. And for one or three hours or whatever it is, all the people there are your best friends. And boy, we can learn from that. Absolutely. That's what was so disappointing to me last year when the commissioner took the All-Star game from Atlanta for political reasons. Right. And that should have never happened. Right. It never happened. All right, my friend. This has been fun. Thank you for doing this, Donnie. I'm glad that we're recording this for our kids and grandkids to listen to one day. If they don't hear anything else, they will say, these guys loved baseball and they watched a lot of baseball and again, how many conversations have we had? How many text messages we had about that was a stupid play or that was a great play or we need a double play or we need a strikeout or how did he make that call or how did he miss that call? It has been a huge part of our lives. And for that reason, and there are other reasons, but for that reason alone, we'll be bonded forever. So thank you, my friend. Yes. You take care. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Viewing life from a hearse, it could be worse. Laugh, think, and cry with the country undertaker.